Hey, this is Troy from Planet 76. We've got some really good Sixers-focused content coming your way today. Make sure you subscribe to the pod so you can be in the know when we release new content. Enjoy the show. What is going on, Planet 76? This is Troy. I've got Michael with me for, oh my goodness, I didn't even think about that until just now. This is episode Uh. 58 (laughs) or 59, right? It's not 60 yet. Could be 57. Uh, Take it to the bank. It is 57 through 59. One of those, we'll know when we post this. Let's find Uh, out. You'll know when you're listening or watching. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) yeah, so recording on Sunday, July 24th. Late at night episode, and uh, it's going to be a fun one. We're just kind of off the dome. Uh, Tis the season. Michael and I were just talking off air. Just kind of tis the season for a little lull in action as far as, you know, Sixers content as we're well into um, free agency and um, all of those things. And the draft is well over. Summer League is now over. Um, It's really, really in the middle of the offseason now. So uh, we have some good Sixers-focused content today for you, though. So as always... Whatever platform you're on, subscribe, like, uh, share this, and uh, yeah, Michael, let's get it rolling. What's up, man? Episode 58. I mean, 59. 58. 59. 59. Not 58. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, uh, I put out a little bit of stuff today on my page asking some people uh, what they want to see on the episode, so we're going to get into a little bit of that as well. Again, make sure you guys subscribe to the podcast. Wherever you're at, I know we got some people on Instagram, obviously, but uh youtube spotify which i actually just used to check which episode this was there you go 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 follow us on spotify at podcast you know the drill yeah you know the drill yes yeah so like michael said um you know he put out a post earlier today uh, (laughs) mid-afternoon i guess and said hey what do you guys want to hear us talk about you know obviously again tis the season we're free to go wherever as you know as you know sixers fans would like us to go so uh, we appreciate anyone who was submitting submitted some stuff, and we're going to get to all of that today. It's kind of a uh, mailbag episode, if you will, um, just hitting on the topics yeah. that you guys suggested, some of the questions that you asked. So, um, yeah, I'll start with the first one that I see. Yeah, uh, do you want to do you want to just like kind of alternate, and then we can whoever sure. whoever is reading the question just and like answers the question, I guess. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So I'll start with the first one, and then I'll start with the uh, softball, and then I'll toss it to you too. But um, Sixers Daily was wondering about starting lineup for the Sixers heading into the season. Um, And the reason I say that's a softball is because it's pretty much going to look the same. Obviously, no Danny Green, um, but the Sixers did sign a guy uh, for, what, three-year, 30 mil or something uh, in P.J. Tucker. So... Um, you know, we've talked about that a little bit. I think PJ Tucker is going to be in the starting lineup to go along with Tobias and Joel, uh, Tyrese and James Harden. Um, and we'll get into some other questions about depth and, and things like that. But, um, I mean, that's gotta be what we're looking like right now. Right. I mean, yeah, to be honest, I <coughs> like, I just, I, I don't really know how else it could go. I really wouldn't want to see uh, Matisse Thibel starting. I don't really think Daniel House is quite starting lineup worthy, starting lineup right. caliber, I should say. And I don't really know with Melton. I think he's a little undersized, I think, to be playing right. the three. 
I think he's more suited at the one or the two. So I'd have to say Tucker is the most likely candidate to fill in that fifth starting lineup slot. Because obviously, like you said, Harden want Maxi at the one and two, Harrison B at three and four. I'm sorry, four and five. So I would say I would say Tucker because he still is like we we talked about it um a few episodes ago. He still is a bit undersized, but I think his defense makes up for that. Makes up for his lack of size. I think what he brings defensively makes up for that. Yeah, exactly. The style of basketball he plays um, makes up for it in a big way. So, yeah, that's what I would say. You mentioned Matisse. I mean, that certainly could happen. I just don't see it. You know, I think they brought P.J. Tucker in to, to uh, get some heavy lifting, like for real. And um, so I think he's going to shine in that spot. Yes. What else we got? That was Sixers Daily with that question. Yes. Oh... Okay, well, okay. For some reason, my Instagram's not letting me log in. So, well, can you can you screenshot? Would you mind screenshotting the p- questions and emailing them you, to me? You, you, uh, okay. If yeah, you, I can do that. If that, because I screenshotted on my phone. Oh, gotcha. And on gotcha. my you know and, your phone. Yes. Yeah, I can toss I those why. your way right now. I already screenshotted them okay. actually. So I don't know why That'll Instagram be... on the computer. It only lets you see posts if you log in. I don't know my password, so <laughs> I can't log in. So technical Brief. difficulties here on the Commercial podcast. Commercial break. Yes. And I'm going to send those Michael's way. Um, shout out to Knocker412. It says Doc Rivers sucks. Doc Rivers um, sucks. So that's another comment that we got in there. But um, Friend of the show, we won't. I don't know if we want to go with his yet because he's got a lot in there. Yeah, we'll let's keep his. I would say till the end for sure. Okay, yeah, we'll say friend of we the can... show. He was on. Geez, shortly after we acquired James Harden, way back in February, he was on Planet Seventy Six, and he he offered some really really good questions and some content. Uh, again, serving as the outline for today's episode. Yeah. So we'll we'll hit on those in just a bit. Um, so you see anything good there? Oh yes, here we go. Perfect. It's so annoying why Instagram doesn't let you log in. Whatever, on your computer. Whatever. <laughs> All right, so we got another one. Start Isaiah Joe. I think that might be a hot take. I, <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure that Isaiah Joe has earned. I think you have to earn it. I, I think in the NBA you have to earn a starting lineup, unless you're just a horrible team and anyone starts, which the Sixers certainly are not. I think you have to earn it and. Nothing against Isaiah Joe. I just don't think he's earned it yet. I think there's a few guys that have probably earned it over him. Obviously, P.J. Tucker being one of them. So, I don't think I'm on that star Isaiah Joe boat quite yet. Who knows? Maybe mid-season Isaiah Joe's playing out of his mind. Dropping right. 15 <laughs> per game. If he gets rotational minutes. Um, yeah, more to come on that. You know, yes. So, if you're an Isaiah Joe fan, we'll be talking about the rotations and depth issues here. In just a moment, but uh, yes. yeah, so, I agree. <laughs> uh, yeah, well I said, I, I, I just like I said, it's definitely a possibility. Again, he'd have to get consistent minutes, and he'd have to really play up to that, which again is going to be something for us to see later down the line. But right uh, now, I would say probably not. Again, nothing against <laughs> nothing against Isaiah Joe. Just no, right now, probably not. Right. Um. Let's see. So a Furcon page. Yes. <laughs> He's got a good question in here. Furcon Trollmaz. <laughs> I guess you know that guy. <laughs> I do. 
<laughs> That's a good page. I see yes. uh, Furcon's got the shades on in the profile picture. Very classy. <laughs> um, they say, what is the bench lacking, and what should we look for in a trade for Matisse? So a two-part question there. Um, what is the bench lacking? I would say <coughs> we've, we've, one, we've improved the bench significantly. We know that. Even w with just DeAnthony Melton coming in is, is very, very big. I think he's going to be big, very big for this team. The one element that I think he of, – of multiple elements that he brings is some shot creation, um, 3 and D. So he's going to step it up on the defensive end at the guard position, which is something we were lacking off the bench, which I think he fills a role in. Um, the one thing I would say we're still, you know, would still be nice. I wouldn't necessarily even say lacking. You can never have too many shooters, um, is what I would say. You know, you can never Facts. have too many shooters to bring in guys that can, that can knock down off the bench. Um, but again, and again, we're going to get to this in terms of depth, but a shake Milton, uh, DeAnthony Melton off the bench scoring duo who can create their own shot is, is pretty intriguing. And I'm excited about that. And, um, the one good thing about the bench now is DeAndre Jordan is no longer here. Uh, Paul Millsap is gone. So we're getting younger. And, um, you know, I think we're just – the bench is getting better. So I'm pretty happy with where the bench stands right now. Uh, what's your thoughts there? And then we'll talk about Matisse. You mentioned DeAndre, and I really would like to know who in the Sixers organization gave them the green light to sign this dude. <laughs> it was definitely Doc Rivers. But, yeah, um, with the whole Matisse thing – or do you want to go first with the Matisse thing? or No, you go ahead. Okay. With the whole Matisse thing, I, I made a post about this a few weeks ago. I kind of got some lopsided answers about it. But with the, with Matisse, yeah, he's great defensively. I think in a trade, I don't think he's going to be I – don't, I don't think it would be a one-for-one -one swap. I think it would probably have to be Matisse plus someone else. <coughs> maybe Matisse plus – someone else and pick something something like that i don't really think matisse has value like that for it to be a straight up one for one swap mm -hmm. so in a matisse deal ideally you want someone who is better offensively and still okay defensively i'd also say you know get someone who's way better offensively and not great defensively i think the trade-off can be made there and still have it right. work but Ultimately, I think you you just want someone who's better offensively, whether it be a shooter, whether it be a guy who can create his own shot, whether it be both, whether it be a guy who's a great playmaker, whatever the case may be, something that adds some more layers to the Sixers offensively. Because, yeah, again, Matisse is great defensively. He adds a lot there. But I think the Sixers' defense is going to be just fine. I think mm -hmm. their offense needs – and you mentioned it too a couple minutes ago. You can never have too right. much shooting. The Sixers offense can't, like, it needs all the help it can get. Obviously, you have a generational offensive player in James Harden, but still, there you can never have too much of that. And right. I think getting some of that in return from Matisse Thibel is, no matter what, no matter how it ends up, is a great return. Yeah. Yeah, I'll touch on that, and you can look for the next question or okay. topic. But with Matisse, you know, I would say... Um, I would agree with what you said in terms of this trade thing. Looking for him, it's going to be tough for a one-on-one one, one, one swap, um, like you mentioned. And that's why you see in a lot of the mock trades, you see Matisse linked to Tobias Harris and picks for someone big, uh, et cetera, because that's just kind of where it is. 
Um, and I don't know about you, but as things have certainly over the last couple of weeks, things have just kind of slowed down in Sixers land and, you know, NBA news and things breaking. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I mean, our team is looking more set by the day and I don't, I'm not saying good, bad and different. I'm just mm-hmm. saying it's kind of looking like Matisse might be here again. I don't know. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. As time goes on, I think, and I'm not saying we're anywhere close to the next season because it's in October. Right. It's July still. But as time goes on, I think the potential of a Harris mm-hmm. deal, Thibault deal, significantly dwindles, if you will. Right. I, I, I really, truly think that if anything was going to happen, it was going to happen a month ago during the draft, during free agency. That's right. when literally everything else happened. Rudy Gobert trade. Um you know all the all the most of the crazy moves that occurred mm-hmm. did so back in June late June July 4th weekend ish so right. as we get further and further away from that those dates that timeline i think it's going to be less and less likely that Harris Thibault all those guys that everybody wants to get traded actually do get traded right right all right, what's next? All right, I only have, I think we may have got one more, but I think I forgot to include it in the screenshots. So if that's you and you're listening, I do apologize. <laughs> but I'll, all we have here, I think, is Williams. So do you want to okay. get into Williams? Yeah, let's he, do he it. He gave us a few. Again, shout out to William. He's been on the podcast. Um, do it. He you gave go us one, a and few. then I'll go one. Cool. Do you want to do the first one? Or I'll do the sure. How many are yeah, there? Six? Probably. <laughs> okay. All right, I'll do the first one. All right. Realistic tiers for both East and West. Okay, so general question. That's that's solid. Realistic tiers. So I'll start with the Eastern Conference. I think tier one, I think, is the Bucks. Um, I think they're I again I, I was saying this this past season, I think the Bucks are better than I think there's a small gap between the Bucks mm. and the rest of the Eastern Conference. I think they're just that good. I mean with Giannis, any team really is going to be good, but the, the pieces they have and the guys that they got, they re-signed Bobby Portis. I think they got Serge Ibaka back as well. So those are massive moves to retain some of that depth that they had. Plus, they're getting Chris Milton back. And I think I think they signed someone else too, I forget, but I remember it being a really solid move. Anyway, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, the Bucks, I think, are a decent step ahead of the rest of the Eastern Conference. So I put them in Tier 1. Tier 2... Now, if the Nets stay together, I'd probably put them in that Bucks tier. But I'm just assuming Durant's gone and and Irving's gone. Um, tier two, I would do the Sixers. I would do the Celtics. I'd do the Heat, and that's probably it. I think the Celtics maybe could either be in a tier of their own or in the Bucks tier. Again, they did just just make the final, so. I want to give them their props and accurately rank them. But I think they can be placed in that tier with the Sixers and the Heat. Because the Heat also almost made the finals. They almost beat the Celtics. So I would say that's tier two. Tier three is going to be, for me, the Bulls, the Raptors, the Hawks, and Cavs. That's what I was missing. Teams that I think are going to be very good teams that i think can 
get past the first round and actually make the playoffs. I think the Hawks are going to make the playoffs this year. And teams that I... I, I think the Raptors are going to be very good. Well, I, I don't think, actually, I know, because they are going to get Van Vliet back. They're going to get Gary Trent back. They signed Otto mm-hmm. Porter, who's really good, and who I thought the Sixers should have signed, but it's fine. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I think that's this. I think that's the next tier. And then after that, I mean, depending on what the Knicks do, I, I don't know what's going on there, but depending on what the Knicks do, they could, do, they could definitely jump into that tier. Um, and then after that, it's just like, Hornets, Magic. Right. <laughs> I mean, the Hornets probably be good still, but not as good. Not quite as good as that third tier and mm-hmm. better than the guys below them. Hornets, Magic, <laughs> Pistons, I think, could make a run at the play-in. You know, hmm. whatever. Uh, I, I, there's, like, one more team I probably am forgetting, but <laughs> they're probably some random team. They're probably a bad team. Indiana? Right. Yeah, they're not going to be Wizards. good. The Wizards aren't going to be good either. Bradley Beals. Yeah. So they're that they're either. that bottom tier. Yeah, yes. I mean, I don't I don't disagree with uh, where you went at all with that, not even a little bit. So nicely done. I'll talk about the West. Yes. Um, it's the Golden State yeah, Warriors. I'm interested about this. It's You're theirs to say. lose. Uh, Golden State Warriors league of their own, uh, rightfully so. Um, and then next, you know, of course, you got the teams that did very very well this way this season and the regular season, um, Phoenix and Memphis. Um, I would put them kind of above the teams that are coming behind them. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, Clippers. I, I they, so that's that's my next team. Ah, okay. So I was actually about to go there. So okay. the Clippers are my team to like really watch this year. It's it's not mm-hmm. the other Los Angeles team, believe it or not, <laughs> um, who's getting all the attention. But the Clippers, man. Um, I mean, think about it. Paul George played like thirty games. <clears throat> why didn't play like and they finished what they finished 42 and 40 um without those guys yeah. so that's pretty pretty solid in the western conference to do that so um yeah they could certainly sneak up to that tier if they're healthy um then of course i mean the team that is going to take a step back this year um as it appears right now is the utah jazz um and who yeah. knows where donovan mitchell's going to end up back. Uh, here soon, but um, that's what I would say there. Then you got teams like Dallas, who I'd say is probably pretty even with with the Clippers, uh, just because Luca is amazing. You got Denver in there. Um, I think Denver will be kind of in the mix again for four, five, six seed come playoff time. Uh, another team that I'm very interested in seeing how it works for them this year is Minnesota. Um, do they? keep continuing to progress upward or do they kind of stay put uh, where they're at anthony edwards could have a big year um that dude is very very good and very fun to watch so um yeah and then the bottom of the barrel you got the rockets um likely to stay there oklahoma city portland looking to sacramento did you see that thing that said sat no one in the nba has played <laughs> in a playoff game against the sacramento kings and uh, that's going to continue because they're going to make the playoffs next year. Uh, so they're bottom tier. Those teams, I think. I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't see anyone. It's kind of interesting. Like mm-hmm. those that missed the playoffs last year. Now you get the Lakers, who you would think are going to make the playoffs, but who really knows with them? Um, but I don't see any of those teams making the playoffs. I mean, Portland also missed the playoffs, but I don't know, man. 
For as I, mean, I honestly don't know if for if as they good. Can do it. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just saying I don't know. You know, for yeah, for you're probably gonna say for as good as Damian Lillard is. They went twenty seven yes. and fifty five last year. <laughs> that, um, for as for as good as Dame is, it's like the 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 team around him is still not very good. You know, oh, we're gonna build right. around Dame. Are you? Right. Are you sure about that? Like, what yeah. what exactly are you doing? Trading for Jeremy Grant? I don't really think constitutes you building around Dame. I mean, Jeremy Grant's great and all. Don't get me wrong, but he's not really a difference maker. He's not gonna change the landscape of your franchise <laughs> right. in any significant way really yeah the only way i see them moving up off of this you know not making the playoffs last year is if uh, mr kevin durant ends up in portland somehow but uh. so um <laughs> but yeah i mean so yeah to summarize again at golden state freaking amazing phoenix memphis i really you're right though clippers man i, mm. I was gonna hit on that right when you said it um, they're going to be interesting to watch. I, I personally don't dislike, and I dislike Kawhi for what he did to Philadelphia, True. but I'm a, I'm a Kawhi fan. I like I'm Kawhi. I'm also a Paul George fan. Mm. I, I, I think Paul George gets a lot of unnecessary hate. He is very, very talented, very gifted with the ball in his hands, can make plays for someone his size. Um, so I don't mind them at all. I would like to see them make some noise. I wouldn't hate that. So as opposed to the other LA team, but yeah. <laughs> True, and it's like for how good the Western Conference is, there's so there's so many what ifs. There's so many: is yep. this team going to be healthy? Is this guy going to be healthy? Are they going to make a trade? Or are they going to make a trade? There's right. so many hypotheticals that need to go right in favor of a lot of these teams that it's just really unpredictable and difficult to rank those teams in the West way harder than the East. Right. All right. So let's hit on. So William's got, let me see, one, two, really two more big questions to hit on. So Mm -hmm. I'll take one. You take the other. The first one uh, is in regard to the Sixers depth chart, the rotation there, and uh, how we see that shaking out. He does specifically address Isaiah Joe and I think Paul Reed, yeah, on, on their likelihood to get minutes and a shot in this rotation. Again, we've touched on the starting five, um, so if we just go at it like this, the, those starting five in Maxi, Harden, Tucker, Harris, Embiid, then you've got George Niang, who's a lock to get minutes. If the, Again, this is all pending. You know, This right. is all saying the roster stays the same. You know Matisse is going to get minutes. You, you know I mean? He's going to be a, he's not going to be fighting for minutes. He's going to be on a key piece on the bench, at least in my opinion. Um, you know Melton's going to get minutes. So that's up to eight. Right now the backup center situation is between Reed and Bassey. Mm-hmm. So let's give the nod to Reed right now. I'm just Again, this is just me going and throwing it in my head. That's up to nine. And then you've got some guards, some some wings. You've got Isaiah Joe. You've got Shake Milton. You've got Corkmaz. <coughs> which is Excuse 12. Me. So I think yes. those, to me, to me, those are the guys, and you can, t- you can go wherever you want with this, but those are the guys that's going to be interesting to see how the minutes shake out, um, pun intended. Uh, so Shake <laughs> Milton is... To me, he should get the nod over Furkan. So if we're going to run a 10-man rotation, who gets that 10th spot is the way I look at it. Shake, Furkan, Isaiah Joe. 
Now, again, we know things happen, injuries happen, things, you know, rest happens. Um, but if everybody's healthy and we're looking at a 10-man rotation, you know, I, I, I think the bench consists of Melton, Milton, Matisse, Niang, and Paul Reed. And that's my take. Okay. And here, <laughs> here is some, here's a question not only for us to consider, but for everyone listening and watching to consider what about Daniel House? Oh because my gosh. <laughs> that's the thing. It, uh, yeah, he was the one I, yep. You have Milton, Melton, Thibel, House, Niang as your five right. guards slash forwards. And then you have your backup big. Who is that going to be? You right. cannot run. Nian cannot be the backup five. That was right. No, House cannot be a backup five. Even though I'm sure Daryl Morey would love to try that out. That cannot happen. <laughs> so who? And yeah. then you, and then yeah. you don't even and then you House. and then in that situation you don't even mention Corkmas, Joe, right. guys that I would like to see crack the rotation, but I don't think they will because of that depth that they are that the Sixers already have. Milton Mountain, and if House is a guard. You have three guards. You don't need one, and you especially don't need two more guards. So what happens there? Niang, I agree with you. He he's definitely a lock because he's right. the only he's the Sixers' real only backup forward. He can play the three, the four. I mean, right. House can also play the three and the four, and then you have Thibel who can play the three. I would like to think House mm. gets minutes. Mm. Yeah. Because so, okay, let me let me let me pose it this yes. way. Yes. So what just went through my <clears throat> head was now again, all these guys are gonna play. Yeah, all these guys that we just named are gonna play. How much we don't really know. Who's gonna Correct. play seventy five games and who's gonna play thirty seven games? You know what I mean? I mean it could be that big of a difference. But here's my thought is let's say the year is said and done. You don't know how many games each guy played, but rank these names in terms of who gets the most minutes per game when they play and who gets the least minutes per game when they play. So rank these names. We'll we'll take Niang out of it. We'll take we'll take Melton out of it cuz those are locks. Right. So Correct. let's say Shake Milton, Isaiah Joe, Furkan Korkmaz, and Daniel House. Who out of those four if you got the crystal ball, who's going to play the most minutes per game out of those four? <laughs> right. So, assuming Melton and Niang. And fill, Reed, let's say. Okay, right. Melton, Niang, and Reed fill three of the hypothetical five bench slots for the six. Right. Right. So, you have Thibel, you have Milton, you have House, you have, did you say Korkmaz and Isaiah Joe? Yes. Oh, and I, yeah, so five of them. So there's Isaiah five guys. Fun. Five guys for two spots. Two spots. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, my immediate answer is Milton and House. I think having guys like that, I think having a seasoned guy like House um, is going to be really beneficial for the Sixers. So not only would I love to see him get that a four, the four slot, I would think that he's going to. In that fifth slot, I, I got to say Milton. I I, I think yeah. the Sixers could benefit from another high-quality shot-creating guard off the mm-hmm. bench. I don't, You know, a lot of people will bring up Isaiah Joe. Again, similar to our conversation earlier about Isaiah Joe starting, 
I don't know if Isaiah Joe has proved that yet. Yeah, he's been playing great in the summer league. He's been, he's been awesome in the summer league. He was really good last year in his limited time in the rotation. Right. I just, I I personally prefer Shake. I would like to think that the Sixers do as well. So I think that fifth slot would go to Shake. Hmm. The Milton Melton backcourt, baby. Wait, did we forget that? I'm all in. Huh? Did we forget Thibault? Well, you you just you chose you chose House and and and. Uh, so then Thibault is going to be nope. out of the rotation. See, this is Ish. why I would think. I mean, again, we know these guys are going to get minutes, right? So to me, it's easy. To me, you're exactly right. If you if we don't put Matisse in that, who gets the most minutes out of these four right. instead of five, be including Matisse, then I agree, and I hope. I think this is a both hopeful statements that we hope that it's yes. Daniel House yes. and Shake Milton. Exactly. Um, do I think they're going to get more minutes than Matisse? That's a really hard, hard thing yeah. to say yes to. Yeah. Just be, I mean, Matisse has starting minutes in this league. Like, I mean, depends how tired I guess the Sixers are of Matisse um, and his offensive woes. But man, that's a good. I think that's a good conversation. This is really good. good. We're gonna have to clip this. Um, whew, I yeah. And I I want to see Milton Melton, and again, they're they're all gonna get minutes. Are we gonna play eleven guys some nights? Yeah, and those eleven are gonna be those starting five plus Melton Milton House Matisse Niang and Reed. Correct. And I, so and I, I I was talking about this. Or were we both talking about this? last episode this is an issue but it's a good issue to have right we talked about yeah. this before this is what the good teams this is the issues that the good teams run into oh well we only have five slots we have seven guys who can play five slots who's gonna make the rotation this right. is something that the sixers haven't had to deal with and i'm looking at this shirt i have on my wall 2019 2018 even longer because i mean they didn't have that issue these guys are looking back these guys were not scrubs but not very good so right, it's like do we play jared bayless or, right like <laughs> you got amir johnson you got zaire smith jonathan simmons who's actually kind of good james ennis who is the sixers best bench player in that play in that playoff run. But yeah, think about how far we come. Where it's James, James Ennis is now playing in the, literally this week I saw him playing in the basketball tournament, the TBT, oh, for a million dollars. His team got bounced. He couldn't make a shot to save his life. Right. Uh, so anyway, it's like. Side note. It's like the Sixers haven't had this issue in so long. It's it's refreshing to, it to have this kind of conversation where you're literally, you're, you're not sure who's going to make the rotation because you have so much quality depth and again you right. can never have too much but the sixers aren't a really good path right now where they can pick and choose the quality of depth that they want on a nightly basis right yeah and, and how many of these 82 games in this regular season are all 12 of these guys going to be available that's true it's not it's Injuries, not gonna be a lot illness, so it's a good whatever, thing to right. understand that oh pj tucker's out this night one of those guys moves into the starting lineup you know whoever didn't play that last night guess what he's getting 12 minutes off the bench tonight right. like, it's just gonna it's just how it's gonna be so uh you're right it's a good problem to have um why don't we hit on that last one that william has about the big fella you see that jordan one toward the end yes so the question how can we limit jordan bead 
in the regular season so that he can be consistent in the playoffs. If every series goes six games, that's 24 games because yeah. there's four series, you know, etc. To the finals, that is, of course, because the Sixers are going to win. Uh, the question remains, has Embiid ever played 24 straight games in his career? Is he going to be able to withstand that kind of force for 24 straight games? Is he going to be able to mm -hmm. do that? Is that something that he has done, that he's proven that he's done? Mm -hmm. Um, I, to be honest with you, I don't even know the answer. Has Joel Embiid I doubt ever played, played 24, 24 straight. straight games? I'll find out right now. But I'm going to say no. I'm probably going to say no as well. I, yeah. I... Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Let's see. Let's go all the way back to 2016. <laughs> but to think about even that question, like, games. how can the Sixers help? I saw a post, like, it's you know interesting that William brings that up because I saw a post not too long ago about um, the Sixers, what they need to do now with the roster that they have set right now is coast, quote-unquote, coast to 50-plus 50 50 wins and be sure to get both James Harden and Joel Embiid um, some rest days in that as well. So how can they go about doing that? I don't really know. Uh, I do know last year this was a, a topic we talked about a lot because the Sixers had Andre Drummond, who played very well when he was in Philadelphia um, before the trade. And so that was big. Um, he's, we don't have Andre Drummond. We also aren't relying on DeAndre Jordan anymore. Um, and so I think the game, you know, duh, the games without Joel Embiid, it's going to be very interesting to see how we perform. If we can win, if we can stay afloat when Joel doesn't play, then I think he's going to earn himself some more rest, um, which is going to be key. So that's my thought there is, you know, can we weather the storm when Joel Embiid doesn't play? You know, if he misses seven games and we go one and six, then chances are toward the end of the season when it comes into seeding then he's going to be playing in games where he could get rest. But if we go six and one in games he doesn't play is you know, up to the all star break and then guess what? You know, the second half of the season, we can trust in our guys to get the job done. So I think it I think it I think early season, seriously, I really think early season is gonna have an impact on what the Sixers do toward the end of the season when it comes to playoff positioning. And uh, can we let the big fella sit? I really hope so. You know, I think I think it will be huge. So that's my little rambling take there. <laughs> this season, this past season, Joel Embiid played a stretch of twenty games and twenty-one games straight. Okay, just counted. So, can he do it? He has done it. So the answer we can come to is hypothetically yes, he can do it. Because, yes, he's done it before, but can he do it again? I would like to think so, because this past season has been his healthiest season so far. Right. And I can only assume and imagine that he's going to maintain that ability to stay healthy because he did such a great job of it this year, this past season, I should say. Now, granted, he did have COVID, but I'm not really counting that against him because it's not an injury. It's more of a illness, and he's really suffered with injuries more so than illnesses in his career. So, right. I'm going to use this past season as a sample size guideline, whenever you want to call it, because it's been his healthiest year yet. And mm -hmm. you would like to think that 
having a much longer off season is going to help a lot because right. well i guess i guess it'll be kind of be the same well no he'll get an extra month because last year the sixers longer, yeah. were eliminated the sixers were eliminated june 20th this year they were eliminated may 9th may 10th whatever so he'll get an extra month you would like to think that will definitely add to his recovery ability and yeah it's it's gonna take it's definitely gonna still take some 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 games off it's definitely still gonna take some games where he's going 50 60 70 percent but it's a good thing because the sixers can afford that now because they have james harden joel Embiid can only score 20 one night because james harden can score 20 tyrese maxey can score 20 harris can score 15 you know it's we're about to get cut off i think Really? Just, just oh, so you one know. minute twenty yeah. seconds. We're hitting it. Okay. Oh, is it a minute twenty seconds? Anyway. Well, yeah. I mean, continue. that's no, that's okay. <laughs> Those are going to be keys for the Sixers, and they finally have the capabilities to actually do that. James Harden helps that a lot, in my opinion. Yeah. Well said. You, you know, you hope you hope that Joel can get rest throughout the regular season, and that come playoff time, when we desire for him to play mm-hmm. twenty, twenty-five, twenty-six straight games or whatever it is. You know, if the Sixers make a deep playoff run, that he is fresh and ready to yep. do so. That's the hope. And uh, this is Planet 76. So thank you, uh, William, and uh, all those great questions, yes. great topics, great content. And uh, this is episode 59 of the pod. Be sure to subscribe. And uh, thank you for joining us on this one. We'll see you next time on Planet 76. Peace. Are you on Instagram? Why don't you go give us a follow at Planet76Podcast so you can be in the know when we drop new episodes. Thanks for listening to this one, and we'll see you next time.